Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, our podcast. All right, cool. Well, it was oh. happy. It was happy until this morning. When it was. It was very happy. For those of you listening at home, this was this was almost not going to happen today. But welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to take a look at our redraft running back rankings. We're going to talk about a little bit of last night's Hall of Fame game, uh, what we're looking forward to this week in the Hall of Fame inductions. We're going to break down some of our top 12 running backs, some disparities, underrated, overrated, overhyped. And then at the end of the show, we're going to give you a little bit of love in the movie world. As always, I am joined by my co-host here. Almost wasn't my co-host after his, um, you know, strongly worded, despairing words towards the King Shark from the Suicide Squad. Mr. Matthew Fox, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. I, you know, I've I, apparently I've adopted the the new Jacob role. I am. I'm really upset because. You were the guy that I thought that we could just really bond over film. And we're and I'd say nine out of ten times we're almost in the same realm. Because yeah. even in the two films that we're gonna talk about at the end of this episode, the Green Knight and the Jungle Cruise, we're on the same yeah, spectrum same. with those with those as well. So it's interesting. I don't know how to, you know, describe it for you those at home, but I will say this week's episode of the Music the City Drive-In Drive is going to be quite interesting because I've also formulated a super secret plan for how we're going to review movies on those shows now. So Matthew Fox doesn't even know, but none of anybody knows anything about it. So it'll be interesting. Make sure to check that out. We'll be back live. We haven't been live in almost a month and a half, I think, on the Music City Drive-In. Um, so it's, we're going to go ahead and, and we've been posting some interviews that we've all been doing, but without further ado, you're probably not here for the movie talk. So we're going to go ahead and dive into some football for you. Carson Wentz, the big news of the last week. Well, there's been a lot of big news. Rogers is back. Wentz is, is, is hurt. Uh, Watson's going to be traded. He's not going to be traded. You know what I mean? It's, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, is he a hundred percent? Is he a hundred percent? You know what I mean? We've got a lot of things going on, which just really makes me mad because, to be honest with you, Matt, I really wanted to start doing a little segment here. Where I was like, these are the things that I like, the over and unders that I like. I was going to put a little segment in here because the season's coming up. But now I, I'm, I stopped doing my, I stopped doing my predictions for the year because uh, I'm going to wait until we get about three weeks two, into August. Two you weeks know from I mean? now, yeah, yeah, you know. So it, it's been brutal the shifting, uh, the shifting sands, you know, and even you know. Hopefully, we'll talk about when it either does or doesn't happen. But even with things like Watson, the big question, you know, would they trade Hertz back to Houston? Because if not, then Hertz goes from a guy that some people think a QB1 to a guy that's not even to see the field. 
Yep. But Carson Wentz one is brutal. Uh, I thought the Colts were going to have a tough start to the season. Their their opening schedule, if you haven't looked, the first five, six weeks is brutal. I thought they were going to have a a rough start and kind of have to sneak up into the playoffs. Now, if you're talking about uh, me buying either Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason for six weeks, I'm sorry, Colts fans. You went from a nine to eleven win range for me to probably a six to eight win range. Yeah, it's a big difference right now. So obviously, we there's so many obviously in the world of Twitter. We have uh, fantasy football. We have doctors on Twitter. You know what I mean. So everybody has has talked about what that's going to look like. Because and the crazy thing about it is, whenever you're on Twitter, you get two sides of the spectrum. You have one that. I don't know if he's going to ever recover from this, blah, blah, blah. And then the other side of it, I think he might be back sooner, closer to the five weeks than the, than the 12 weeks. So the five weeks we're looking at, let's just say he misses, let's just say he misses three or four games. I do think that they can find themselves involved because I like Jacob Eason. He's never going to be a consistent starter in the NFL. And the biggest thing is everybody, they should trade for this guy. They should trade. No, because they can't trade for these guys because if they come in and they win four games, all the money you spent for Wentz and all this, the, the draft capital. The only thing that's really positive about this for the Colts is, is they might sneak it in. Oh, wait, we went two and two. Well, if he doesn't start this week, that'd be less than 75% at the end of the year. So then we only have yeah. to give up a second rounder to the Eagles. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that in play, but for the Colts, it does hurt them. I had them winning the division. I did hundred percent. I felt like they were going to win the division and all Wentz needed to do was play above average because they have a strong defense they have a good run game their receivers are where i highly just i'm questioning what's going on there they have talent yeah. but they don't have they don't have a one they don't so yeah i'll be surprised when we look at our top 48 next week if one or you know i doubt there's two but maybe one so makes it in there it, it's funny because obviously I was like, man, what do I do with Jonathan Taylor? Does he go up and down? And we'll talk about him in a few minutes, obviously, with the rankings. But I was looking through. I was like, well, let me adjust my Colts receivers, too, because I think it trickles. And I was like, oh, crap. I don't have one in my top 48, I didn't think. So yeah. I think I did. I think I won near the bottom of the 48. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of ugly. Well, and so I think the big thing to watch as we get closer to the season, if we get uh, to the end of August and they put Carson Wentz on PUP, yeah, then you okay. know then you know it's six weeks. Yeah. If they don't put him on pup, they're hoping, you know, whether it ends up being less than six weeks, they are hoping that they can get him in because that's where right now a lot of people get confused. The preseason pup, you can come and go at will. It's yep. once the regular season starts, if you're on the pup list, it's an auto of six weeks. Yep. So uh, that'll be the kind of big marker. And for me, I, I'm with you. I don't really see the wisdom in making a huge trade if you think Wentz is the guy, if you're only going to have a couple weeks, especially somebody like a Foles. From the confidence standpoint for Carson Wentz, I think that would be a little brutal. That feels like why Philly let him. So, yeah, exactly. Something to consider if you are hoping Carson Wentz is going to be good for you. Yeah, I agree with you 110% there. So with that being said, um, what I want to do is... got so choked up. He froze. Did I freeze? Okay. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, did I freeze? You you froze on me, so it's all right. It's all right. All right. I don't know. It might be you. It might be me. It might be a little bit of both. But with that being said, um, go ahead and hit me with your 12 through 7 running back rankings. 12 through 7. So let me... 
So number 12 for me is Antonio Gibson, Washington. Uh, at 11, I have Austin Eckler. At uh, 10, I have Joe Mixon for the Bengals. At 9, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. At 8, Aaron Jones for the Packers. Uh, at 7, Derek Henry for the Titans. Um, I'm really upset and emotionally distraught by Austin Eckler ranking, but we can talk about that in a minute. Um, for me, I was looking at the rankings and I was like, wait a minute, I don't, I'm aligning it up oh, and not yeah. realizing that the top chart, higher. the top, uh, the top thing is one. So I was like, why is he reading? Oh, that's number, that's not number 13. I got to start I know, there. So that's why I had to look, <laughs> I had to remember. Well, and you'd think you'd remember, but for me, I should, I'll just say, uh, you know, I have Najee Harris right there. I, it was that was Sophie's choice for me, not having Harris at twelve. Yeah, I so I've, I've got you know I'm gonna make sure, I got David Montgomery at twelve. There we go. I was gonna make sure I was doing it right. Yep, I've got Montgomery at twelve, Najee Harris at eleven. My big shift in down was Jonathan Taylor. I have him at ten now. Aaron Jones nine, Ezekiel at seven, eight, or eight, and then as uh, see I can't even get it right. And then I I got Saquon Barkley at seven um of those of your seven through ten which guy do you like the most and could see propel in that top five by the end of the year i mean i think a, a typical answer is zeke who has a lot of talent and it's not high but for me it's probably aaron jones because we've seen jones was rb2 and then rb5 i mean with rogers he's been there we keep saying his touchdown production is going to fall off it hasn't um, it makes sense to me to have him at eight, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up top five again. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there as well. He's one guy that I like as well. I'm very iffy about Taylor. I don't know how I felt. The offensive lineman going down, that kind of hindered him as a little bit as well. So um, I'm optimistic there. That's why I kind of bumped him down a little bit. I know you have him a little bit higher. I'll give you my six through one here. For a minute, though, can can we just reflect? Quentin Nelson is a hell of a teammate breaking his foot the same way in solidarity with his quarterback. That's the guard that you need protecting your hiney. Brilliant. I loved it. It was just fantastic. I loved every bit of it. It's, it's like, you know, that's that's icing on the cake. I support my quarterback. Nothing better than that one. Um, coming in at number six for me at the running back position, I got Nick Chubb. Uh, five, I've got Austin Eckler. Three, I've got Alvin Kamara. I've got, uh, so that's four, four, Alvin Kamara. Three, Christian McCaffrey. Two, Derrick Henry. And then one, I've got Dalvin Cook. Um, give me your six through one. Yeah, so we have the same number six, Nick Chubb. Great minds think alike. Um, but then I have Saquon Barkley. I am worried he misses a little bit of time at the beginning of the season, but I still put him at five because I, I believe in the talent. Then I have Alvin Kamara. I have Jonathan Taylor at three, um, and then I have Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey at number one. Yeah, so the big, obviously, disparity. I My top three wavered, even Kamara yeah. throwing in there. I, my top five, I feel good about, the, I feel good about this, the top five. I even feel good about top six. Uh, Barkley, I'm in the same boat with you. I wasn't sure where to rank him. I still think at the end of the year, he's probably going to be top five regardless. He's that good. And their team stinks. Um, I mean, their quarterback stinks. Sorry. I, I'm not a Jones guy, but I'm kind of a Jones guy, but I'm not a Jones guy. I've got a lot of, uh, Daniel Jones on my fantasy teams. I've been targeting them late. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me, but I don't have him as my quarterback, you know, two. I have him as a quarterback three on a lot of my rosters, but this top tier for me is, it's the cream of the crop. This is for me personally why I don't think we can. You can do the whole zero running back thing 
Um, uh-huh. I, no offense to the zero running back crew. They're amazing. I love the, everybody that does it to each its own. It's not my cup of tea. Um, in the first, if I'm picking in the top five, um, you know, super flex, obviously we're dependent on, on other things, but if you're in a redraft league and you're, you know, you're picking that top five, you can get one of these good running backs. And I think you can be safe. You know what I mean? Like a Christian McCaffrey, a Camara. I think Camara is going to, I understand his stats weren't all that great with Taysom Hill quarterback, whether whoever's going to be quarterback, you know, crazy Winston or Taysom, you know, the running back Taysom Hill, whoever's playing quarterback, it's going to be interesting, but I think Kamara is going to eat no matter what. I know he struggled, but they're going to have to implement him in ways to get him the football, period, right? Yeah. Well, and that's, for me, you know, I feel pretty good about a top 12. Then there's the next five or six that I have at the top of RB2. If you, you know, I have a piece dropping a little bit later today where I'll break down my top 48 and some thoughts uh, that has a link to our ranking ranking sheet so that you can go see uh, my rankings, Ricky's rankings, and Timmy Reaver's rankings, one of our writers. If you don't have one of those guys, I, this is where I've kind of shifted with you on the zero RB having been a truther for a few years and having suffered the consequences. If you don't have one of those top kind of guys, you're going to have to pray for help. You're yeah. going to have to ball out in all three of your other positions to kind of overcome, I think, with the deficit because there's too many committees now. There's too many question marks. Even with the, one of those top guys, you get an injury to the to your one guy and you're sunk. All right, I'm going to put you in the spot, Mr. Fox. Um, give me a guy outside your top 20 that you are thinking is underrated and or a sleeper heading into the draft. You know, I think – so I have Mike Davis at running back 22. You know, I was impressed by his physical form, and last year we saw him fill in for McCaffrey and was a top 12 back. We were laughing on the the roundtable because all three of us during the offseason said, man, if he gets a shot to be the guy somewhere – it's going to be wheels up. And then he got to be, he gets a shot to be the guy in Atlanta. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe it wouldn't shock me though, to see him kind of come up for me. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to put him in there. Um, But we've seen him do it without crazy numbers in Carolina on a bad offense and a bad team last year. Yeah. I, I I have him two spots ahead of 20. But I have so much Mike Davis. Yeah, so it's not I. even funny right now. Like I, I have a lot of Mike Davis. He was a waiver on- wire wonder in Dynasty last year. He was one of those guys that if you did zero RB and you were able to hammer the waivers, he and James Robinson kept your season alive. For sure. And that to me is something that's very intriguing about him because he does have the opportunity and they have a new they have a new head coach out there that believes in running the football. You know what I mean? Like, I do think that they're going to pound the football. For me, man, this is hard. As you spoke about, outside that, you know, top 12 range, it's it's kind of rough around the edges. And I, I mean, I, I, I really like, I like Zach Moss a lot, man. I keep going back to that well, and I think it's crazy. And, and to be honest with you, I think that, um, he has every opportunity to be that guy this year in Buffalo. And they're going to need a running game that is strong and dependent, and he can provide that. Um, so Zach Moss is a guy for me that I can foresee being that in the near future. 
Um, I think I lost Matthew here. No, I'm here. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm drinking it in. I know it, he just—he's just a guy that I like. I—he I, could—I could be wrong, you know what I mean? But he's just—he's a guy that I've been targeting late as well, and I do think I've you know, been betting on Terry over Singletary too. I, I mean, I—I I, I like where you're going with that. Yeah. It's, there's a few of these running backs. Are their quarterback going to kill them? Uh, you know, yeah. and that's if we're going to our guy that I worry about, uh, I have too high. Uh, mine's J.K. Dobbins because I like the talent and I like the potential, and I have him up uh, in the – I think I have him 17. Mm-hmm. But there's Lamar Jackson exists. Gus Edwards, you know, they re-signed. They're going to have in there. Does he get stuck not being able to have receptions and touchdowns, which are the things for a PPR running back that you need to vault you up? Yeah, I love Dobbins. I love Dobbins. I've loved Dobbins ever since he came out of, of school. But I hated the landing spot. Um, just because I know they're going to run the ball a lot, but them re-signing the Gus bus, that hurt. I think that hurt a lot. Um, but for me personally, I, I agree with you there. Um, the one guy that for me, that's overhyped, man, this one's hard for me. I, I struggle with this one because I feel like there's certain guys that I'm staying away from. Um, but my number one guy I'm staying away from is Antonio Gibson. I, I, it's not that I don't like the talent I do, but I just can't foresee myself drafting him at his current value. And that's where I'm struggling. Um, I don't see him as an RB1, so that's where he's going. And I've seen him go in that top 10 running back tier. And I just don't see it. That's not my, he's not my guy. What about you? I probably have a lot of Gibson shares because he was a guy I took later in drafts. When Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That was still possible last year uh, and returned such great value. I mean, he was RB13 last year. I have him at 12. I'm hoping that he stays around the same, takes a slight bump up, but it's definitely a risk. Yeah, he's 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 an interesting character. And and I'll tell you what, I, I, I've done probably, I don't know how many drafts you've done, but I've done a lot of drafts this offseason. And this 20 to 30 to mark, because you got to think about it. Let's just say you're in a 12-team league and you start two running backs. I'm sorry, but there's not 24 consistently good running backs each week. There isn't. And I will preach that until I'm blue in the face because once you get outside, in my opinion, once you get outside the top 15, even if you look at guys, I'm trying to click to see my rankings here. Even if you got guys like uh, Dobbins, Mike Davis is even a question mark. You know, Javante Williams, how much are they going to give Gordon? How much, how long will it take for Williams to take over the role? And, and everything that you read at a camp, Gordon's still heavily involved in that, in that, in the running game. 
Chase Edmonds. What does that look like with James Conner? You know what I mean? Like even Zach Moss, I mentioned Zach Moss, but what does Zach Moss look like with uh, Devin Singletary? And then of course the Buccaneers are a disaster of a running back. Like I wrote about that in my, in my preview, you've got Ronald Jones, you got Fournette, apparently Fournette struggling in camp catching the football. Vaughn is Vaughn is there. And then you have Giovanni Bernard that's going to be there. Like I think Bernard's probably the best of all of those guys. I think he's going to turn into James White. I think Bernard catches 40 balls this year, which is going to be very solid value, of, you know, in the late rounds. A, for me, it's similar. Once you get – I kind of uh, – you'll see when I do it. I, I broke tiers similar to how I started looking at quarterbacks. There's the top five, uh, you know, and then there's my RB1s, and then there's the fringe ones, which was basically 13 to 18. But once you're past, uh, you know, I have Josh Jacobs at 19. Once you hit Josh Jacobs and go all the way to 60, I'm not confident because even Josh Jacobs, he's kind of a plotter. He's done well because he's gotten a lot of volume. They brought in Kenyon Drake. Everyone assumes he's going to be the kind of Jalen Richard. I'm just going to catch the ball. Kenyon Drake ran for 955 yards and 10 touchdowns for the Cardinals last year. He was RB16, not being a pass catcher, but carrying the ball 239 times. That could end up being a much more even dreadful split. And then you're talking both those guys. You know, you could end up at the end of the year, guys that are in low-end RB2 scoring for the year, there was five games that you felt good you started them. I, I feel like this is where we're going. It's just there's a handful of bell cows. There's a couple of guys that have bell cow potential, and then there's a whole lot of guys that are just going to be contributors. Hence why I do not buy and, – and I think the RB, the, the no zero running back thing is year to year. It can be yeah. – there will be years where it works and the years it doesn't. This is – especially in redraft, we're, we're highlighting redraft being there. This yep. is not the year to to be doing it because there's so many question marks regarding all of these. There's so many committees, and and it's kind of come to that in fantasy football and in, in the NFL. It's kind of come to there's not a lot of one running back teams because even with like a guy like Jonathan Taylor, you have to be concerned of um, Marlon Mack coming back. Nakeem Himes is still there. Like they still have other guys. You know what I mean? Even with the Browns, you know what I mean? Once that once they kind of get down a little bit, they rely on Hunt because he's a better pass catcher. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's guys in play. Not everybody's a Derrick Henry, and even Derrick Henry has a question mark. Do they throw the ball a little bit more this year? Does he? You know, I still and think they that definitely he, aren't throwing it to him. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you know, it, it's there's a lot of question marks. I want those one of those top guys. Give me the top guy every day of the week, and that's why I think Zeke is one guy that I've been targeting because. I know that they throw the ball a lot, but he catches the football. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. I understand everybody loves Troy Pollard, and they want Pollard to get his opportunity. And maybe one day he will. But this is Zeke's team as a running back goes. And if, if Dak is just even slightly a little bit hurt, then they're going to have to rely on Zeke early and often. So, Yeah, and rumors uh, of his death are, are greatly exaggerated. People forget their their line was destroyed. We saw it when the only good thing that came out of the Hall of Fame game last night was the graphic that showed you their three best offensive linemen combined for, I think it was 10 games played last year, combined. Exactly. So people forget about it. And he still had a pretty decent season regardless. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, of course, Dak being gone, Andy Dalton is he's terrible. What but, do you mean? He's yeah. Chicago's savior. Yes, he is. Yes, that's – yeah, I don't even want to get started on it. If he starts more than one game this year, I think I think Chicago might blow things up. So, um, all right, anything else on the running back situation before we transition to the movies and lose all of our fantasy football listeners? No, nope, just uh, 
I'm with you running back. I, I want a, a good one. You really got to start moderating kind of in drafts. I think on the flip side, as we look at wide receiver next week, I've constantly been depressed that I can't squeeze 40, 44 people up into my top 24 ranking. I think wide receivers as deep as ever and running back gets shallow early. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I don't mind fading some wide receivers early just because there is some guys in that. And there's a guys in the 20 to 30 range that I love a whole that lot. Could explode. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And folks, before we transition over to the movie thing as well, I want to make sure that you guys are checking out all of the, team previews that we're doing we're dropping one a day between now and the nfl season we'll be dropping some predictions towards as we inch closer to the season throughout the year once the nfl season kicks off i will be tackling some dfs talk on here and maybe a little bit of sports betting as well um dropping some picks for you guys on each of these episodes um last night i played a little bit of dfs I actually won a little bit of money last night um on that just dreadful of a game. We didn't even talk about it. There's not a whole lot to talk about that game. My one takeaway, Josh Dobbs looked better than either Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. So those guys better get their S together. Yeah. And that's not even that good because Josh Dobbs is not good at football. I was like watching, I was catching up on it this morning going, Oh my God. But I'm looking forward to doing our games of the week. uh, And yes, the sheet um, that's going to be linked in today's article was linked last week. We will be putting our weekly rankings on there. If you look at that sheet, um, it's got space for all the way out to week 18. So we'll be putting weekly rankings. We'll t- touch on them here. We'll touch on games of the week. It's going to be very exciting as actual football gets back to us. I agree 100%. All right. So football is done movies are in the green night thoughts um i'll kick this off i have no issues kicking us off with our green night thoughts so green night correlates with another film that we both have watched as well in that right ah, yes stylistically um the, the stylistically it's beautiful right there's a lot of things to like i do think that i the difference between like an annette and we i we can go. Well, I don't really care. We can kind of go into a little bit more depth on the net on a different. A different and that releases in theaters today, so I think we're. Safe. Yes. So with a net, Adam Driver really gives a phenomenal performance. I didn't. Dev Patel was good, but I didn't. I didn't love it. What about you? Like, do you are you in that boat with me about Dev Patel in this? I like Dev Patel. I think he's a good yeah, actor. I, I do just too. Didn't, I didn't love him in this. So I think the the biggest thing to know, and um, you know, it was funny in the hallway. I got caught by a coworker yesterday. He's like, "Hey, I got my ticket to the Green Knight. Did you see it?" And I'm like, "Sure, did." <laughs> it's like, "Did you love it?" And I'm like, "No." And so then we were talking about it this morning. Technically, I think it's brilliant. I, I thought the performances were good. The look is very good. It's a very fascinating take. I think the big thing to know if you're going to go into it is many people think it's going to be something like First Night or like Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, where you're going to get like this kind of period adventure piece. And this, is, you know, David Lowry wanted to make something that was more of a metaphor for deeper meaning. I personally am not sure what I'm supposed to take away from honor from this. Um, there was also, you know, I don't really want to mention it here, but there is one sequence between Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander that I will never forget. And also I was so grateful. I didn't pick my wife to that movie, but that's it. You know, there was a lot of pieces of it that I liked. I just, 
didn't really connect. I think that was one of the things, you know, I didn't connect with the characters. I didn't connect to the story and when that emotional component is missing for me, that's the difference between something getting like three stars, which I gave it or going at four or five stars. I'm actually, you know, I'd be curious. Here's, I gave the, that in a net, both three stars. If you, if pressed to pick, I liked Net better because the first hour of Annette, I was enraptured, and then it takes kind of a, a turn to Strange Town that I couldn't quite get on board with. But I actually was more into that one. Uh, the first hour of Net is some of the best piece of filmmaking this year. Like it is, and yeah. the opening scene with Adam Driver is one of the best acted scenes of the year. It is pure, like it was phenomenal. So this is my thing, and I explain this on on Twitter whenever somebody went on a th four tweet rampage about how I missed the point went over my head apparently about me being emotionally connected to the Green Knight, right? I didn't feel that emotional attachment, okay? I needed to care about Dev Patel's journey. They didn't do anything to make me care about his journey. So the thing about this is, is the one guy was like, well, you should have read the poem. Well, the thing about it is, is Movies based on books, movies based on comic books, movies based on poems, movie based on this table. I don't want to, I, don't, I shouldn't have to read something to get emotionally attached to the film. They're two different sources of material, right? You know what I mean? It's two different pieces of the pie. Whether you want to, whether you read the book and you hated the movie, that's, that's up to you. I can only compare it to what I saw. I saw the movie. And for me, I didn't feel any emotional attachment to anything that transpired in The Green Knight. Yep. I didn't care what was going on. I didn't care about his journey. And when this man is going on a journey to salvage his future or make somebody proud or stand up to all these people, why did I, I didn't care about that. So if you take that out of the film, then I'm left nothing. I'm left with nothing. So, but we could transition into something a little bit better here. The a thing, the movie that was a whole lot of fun that had some of the best and worst, I would say the worst dad jokes known to man, but they were funny because of the delivery in one of the, and I will coin this and say one of the most under uh, underrated actors in all of Hollywood. And that is the Jungle Cruise with The Rock and Emily Blunt. It was phenomenal. It was a blast. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. How long has it been, uh, or have you ever been on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disneyland? Uh, yes, I have been, but it was so long ago. The jokes that you're referring to verbatim are what they give you. I went to the last time I was on the Jungle Cruise was January of 2020. The entire thing that he does on his tour and most of those lines are verbatim yeah. what you get on the ride. Um, I thought that was, and I find that charming and delightful. If you don't, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I was not on this. But for me, my biggest comparison is I love the 1999 version of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. I thought tone-wise, story-wise, style-wise, very similar, and I, I had a ball. Yeah, I had a blast with this. I mean, it was it's one of the the most fun I had. At the, you know, I didn't get to see it at movies. I saw it at home. I, got, I saw the screener of it. I wish I would. I really wish I would have seen this in theaters. And I've strongly considered even going and seeing it in theaters just to kind of get the feel for it, um, which is a perfect transition because there's a lot of films in theaters right now. There's a, there's some 
like theaters are back and movies are back and there's a lot of good things in there. I know that both of us can't rec. I mean, I understand it's Suicide Squad week, which I mean, obviously we both recommend checking out just yep. because it's the Suicide Squad. The thing about that is obviously if you have HBO Max, if you want to save a few pennies and watch it at home and go check out something else, there's one movie that I know that we both didn't love. It's not playing, it's playing worldwide, but it's not playing in as many theaters as everything else is, but nine days. Um, it's a breathtaking look in a way that we've never seen, in my opinion, and we've never seen before. We see films about life after death, but the idea of life before life, Edison O'Day's writing and direction. I saw this movie last year, the end of last year in October of last year, and I and I was anticipating it to be released wide for everybody to see. You saw advanced screener like I did mm -hmm. too. Again, I resaw it again. I wrote another almost 700 words about it after I watched it for a second time. Um, Nine Days is a beautiful film, yeah. Yes, yeah, and I reviewed it too. Mind dropped. Uh, I think it was on Monday. Mm -hmm. It's easily in my top five. Um, I think I have it at three, if I recall. There was a, a minor shuffling. Uh, there's one we'll talk about the releases next week that um, drained me of my ocular fluid and flew to number one for me. So, uh, but Nine Days, beautiful. Um, Winston Duke, I agree with you one of the best performances of the year, incredibly profound, thought provoking. Um, it's definitely a life of the mind film. If you're going, you're looking for like some easy laughs or some action, that ain't it. This is one <laughs> you, you need to sit and you need to think about life. Well, I, you know, I think sometimes people go into movies, you know, Winston Duke is a guy that's done some, some fun horror films. He's been in black Panther. He, he has quite a bit of range. If you're thinking this is, you know, going to be kind of a commercial film. This is one that you need to go and sit with and let it wash over you. It's a beautiful, breathtaking film that I can't rant and rave enough about. Um, you know, I've seen the movie three times now. Uh, I saw it twice in a 24 hour period. I actually saw this movie and the father in two consecutive days while I was covering AFI Fest. You must and, have been drained of ocular fluid as well. And I was very much, because I watched both of those films twice in a 24 hour period. So I watched it between the two and four times total. And I can't tell you express enough how drained I was after watching those because it just, it, took, it takes a mental toll on you because you do look within. And then while I'm looking within on one film, I'm looking at the end of, is this what's gonna be the end of my life on the other side of it? So two very well-crafted films by first-time directors, first-time yeah. writers and directors, which is a nice, and Nine Days is a nice breath of fresh air in a in a world consumed with, you know, the the, the suicide squads of the world, so, you know, stuff like that, you know. So, and the movie's talking about Coda next week. We'll talk more about it, obviously, but uh, it is a fantastic film. I didn't love it quite as much as Matthew Fox did, but I still, it's still in my top 10, so. It, yeah. it comes out next week on Apple TV Plus, so that's and pretty awesome. If you want to hear a ton more about Suicide Squad, join us on Sunday. Two of us and Amanda, right? I've got. I think, I think she'll be there to referee. Four or five, four or five guests coming on actually to join us for the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad adventure. Um, folks, make sure to head on over to Twitter. Give Matthew a follow at Nighthawk7734. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore, underscore. I can't even talk. I'm just done for the night, I guess, <laughs> is what it is. Uh, make sure to follow the show, FF Happy Hour Pod. 
Um, apparently somebody else came up with a happy hour idea later, but I figured the fantasy football happy hour pod. This is week two. Next week, we got the preseason kicking off in high gear. We've got wide receiver rankings, which I'm excited to talk about. We've got films that are going to come out next week that I'm very, very excited to talk about, including one guy, one that I'm really, really anticipating. That's free guy. I'm really, really anticipating that one because I've heard nothing but great things about that. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.